the fan. Hello, everybody. RJ Salveson alongside Eric Franson. And, uh, well, we are going to try and make it a happy Monday for you. It is going to be a bold reaction Monday here in the Cash Valley Radio Network, 106 NFM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Grateful to have you joining us, however, and wherever you may be doing so. We've got a lot to get to. We have a shortened show today. Monday Night Football will feature the Cowboys and Giants. You'll hear that game on this station, 106 NFM, 1390 AM. Uh, so we will have. Uh, enough time to be able to break down BYU. We're not going to... Look, here's what we'll do. We're going to talk BYU today, and then we're not going to talk about BYU the rest of the entire season. We're done. Okay? We're and, and, and here's the thing. Eric and I are here for you, and I don't know if it's still a reaction Monday, Eric, if you're still into that, but 435-752-1069. For those who weren't able to get into the postgame and and or just fell asleep or were so angry that you didn't want to call in and say something you shouldn't, now that you've had a couple days to breathe, you can do that now. 435-752-1069. Eric's going to give his hard, raw reaction thoughts to it. I'll give mine as well. Some will be bold. Some will make you cringe. Some will make you think. Some will make you disagree with us. And maybe some of it you'll agree. That's fine. That's what it's here for. But... Uh, 42-14, BYU runs rough shot over the Aggies in every way possible, and we'll and we'll uh, we'll get into that and more again. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine. You can call in and you know maybe you have a, a bull take or two on on this team as well. This is a very I don't know if fragile would be the word, but it seems like it after two back to back blowout losses. And is that too sensitive to say, Eric? That this team is fragile? fragile? Um, there's a lot of adjectives I think I could use. Um, fragile. I don't know. I don't know, Ajay. That's just it. I don't know what is going on. And I think that's why a lot of Aggie fans are frustrated this weekend. It's been building... And it percolated to the top, and for some, they've they've they're blowing a gasket. Um, Utah State in their three losses here recently, three of their last four games, they've been outscored 115 to 27. A team that was averaging more than 40 points a game last year is barely averaging nine points a game right now, at least in their losses. Uh, the Nevada game, it's a little bit of an outlier. Nevada's really, really bad. And even in that game, it wasn't until late in the game that things really opened up for Utah State offensively. There's clearly something amiss. I don't, I, I, for a while there, I thought maybe it's just the quarterback. He's not dialed in. Uh, I have to think about, I, I was trying to make excuses that there's a, there was a big talent drop-off, an experience drop-off with the offensive line because there's all these new guys starting at offensive line. There's not as many talented wide receivers and big-sized wide receivers. But that look what the team did at Wake Forest. Look what the team did at San Diego State. 
And this is a different team now than what we saw in those games earlier in the year. That's what's so hard for me to wrap my head around is what what's going because not yes there are some injuries that have happened. David Woodward not available. It does make a difference. Does it make that much of a difference? Probably not. But what? Come on, this is a totally different team. The offense did look better Saturday night than we've seen it in several weeks. But they gave it away five times. Five offensive drives were killed because of turnovers. And what I don't, the other thing I don't understand, so two weeks ago it was, why doesn't Gary Anderson use his timeouts to try to get Air Force off the field? He never used one. Why doesn't he use a timeout to get his offense dialed up to make sure they get a third down conversion? He never used one. Last This last Saturday, why is it when this game is clearly decided with still four or five minutes to go, is Jordan, is Love, Jordan Love still on the field? Why? It makes no sense. There's no benefit. Pull him out. It's a non-conference game. Get your backup in there. He's, Jordan had a better game than he's been having, but he still threw three picks. Granted, that last one came late in the game. But why not give Henry Columbia some time? Why not give your other guys some time? The game has been decided. Why risk injury? Why make things even worse? And they did get worse. Because he threw another pick. Why are we we trying to pad his stats? Are we trying to boost his confidence? At that point in the game, it doesn't matter. Pull him out. There's, I'm no longer of the belief that it's a player problem solely. I think you have to consider all options. But there is something on the sidelines that is not right with Utah State football. What it is, I can't tell you exactly. But I can tell you by observing what's going on as an outsider and paying a close close attention to it, something is not right. And it's got to get fixed fast. This team is still 3 and 1 in conference. Let's keep that in mind. They're still 3 and 1 in their conference with an outside shot that they could still compete for a mountain division title and maybe even get to a conference championship game. But Ajay, the way this team has looked in the last 4 games, I'm not even sure they can make a bowl game, let alone try to compete for a Mountain West Conference Championship. Hmm. Who do they have left on the schedule? They have four games left. They travel to Fresno. They come home to host Wyoming. They travel or they host uh, Boise, Boise, and then they travel to New Mexico. I think they can beat New Mexico. They're a really, really bad team. Everybody else, I don't know. Earlier in the year, a month ago, I would have said Fresno State. Aggies can get them. They don't look near as tough as they used to be. Now, I don't know. Wyoming, they play tough defensively. I think they've got some shakiness on their offense. They've had a quarterback problem with injuries. I don't know if the Aggies can beat the Cowboys. 
I certainly don't think that they can beat Boise State. Boise State defense is suspect. They let BYU and San Jose do a lot of things against them. But Utah State can't outscore those guys. Not when you're only averaging nine points a game. 435-752-1069. If you want to call in and share your thoughts be uh, and to uh, give your take on uh, this uh this past weekend, uh, 42-14 loss to BYU. Aggies now get ready to head to Fresno State. That's a 5 p.m. game, which, by the way, speaking of which, it has been announced that uh, that Wyoming um, will now be on ESPNU. And get this, everybody, is a 2 p.m. start. That's right. On ESPNU, that's the university channel, uh, USU and Wyoming will be a 2 p.m. start which is a really, really good thing for all of us. Um, so you have the uh, so Boise State will be your final 8.30 game of the season. Uh, yeah, we now know all the kick times. <clears throat> yeah, so right? Fresno State of 5. Set. Yeah, Fresno State of 5, Wyoming's at 2, Boise State at 8.30, and then New Mexico at New Mexico will be a 2 p.m. game. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine. If you got any thoughts on the Yaggies. And we'll, go, we'll get into a little bit more next hour yeah, with comments will. from Gary Anderson. But I... So many different things, Ajay. I mean, all week long we we heard comments from the players and the coach that we got to be more physical. It was going to be a more physical practice. BYU pushed Utah State around. Whatever they wanted on offense, they got. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. They David Woodward being out—that's an emotional blow. Besides the fact of his talent on the field. How many drives would he help? Would he have helped stop? Maybe a few, but it's not that defensive Swiss cheese was not because David Woodward was not out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by the way, if you if you haven't heard yet, David Woodward is out for the season. Um, injury was not specified in. Uh, at least it wasn't specified when I was listening to it. I don't know if it was specified at the podium. Was it? No. He just said he was out. Okay. He was very generic. Then I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Uh, specified. Or there was no specification on the injury, but he is out for the year. Uh, we'll keep it at that because I don't want to say anything that I'm not supposed to say and get myself in trouble. So, again, no David Woodward. You could see that it affected this team. Uh, we'll get into the audio of what Coach Anderson's thoughts are on that um, and how they have to... Uh, you know, Kevin Metzenheimer is such a good football player. We're starting to see it, but you don't want to put all the weight on him. Well, yeah. we've been seeing it for for quite a bit, but the last two losses, where, where's the defensive line? That was supposed to be such a highly touted, very deep defensive line. Where have they been? Yeah. BYU had gaps all over the place. They made the USU defense look absolutely silly. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine again. If you got any thoughts on the Aggies, you're more than welcome to call in. We're actually gonna get to other topics as well. And if you want to call in on something else and tell us, let us know. Uh, we, we yeah, got, it was a big weekend for high school football it was playoffs. A big, uh, heartbreaker for one team. Uh, a big blowout wins for the uh, for two of them, and then of course the other three saw their season end in really non dramatic fashion to say the least. We'll get into that in just a bit. Uh, Utah Jazz blow two really 
winnable games, games that they should have won, and it yep. was on the strength of, or excuse me, the lack of strength of doing one simple thing in those two games. There's one common thing to it. We'll get to that as well. And then again, Monday Night Football uh, pregame on this very station with the Giants and Cowboys will start at 545. I need Dak Prescott to get me 24 points to get me a win in fantasy. Oh, I forgot to even check my roster. Dak. Dude, I don't even know if I had so guys So you probably playing. walked for like 100, huh? Oh. You genius. I totally forgot about all that. We'll also get to a little bit of NFL. Uh, where we, there's, we'll talk about a few games. We'll skip over one that really d- nobody cares about. And uh, we'll talk about the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> it because was not a good weekend a, a, for me. A good team played another oh, good team. Oh, you know what? No. And only because one of those good think, teams could win. You know win. what? You and Colin Coward and Max Kellerman probably are best friends, aren't you? Oh, on, we're, we're Patriot haters. Got them on speed dial. We're Patriot haters. Look at us, huh? All right. Oh, I'm just no. It you just, are. It makes the point of the argument I was no, making two weeks ago. You give credit to Lamar Jackson just having a good night because that team got throttled by the Browns to the Patriots. I have said nothing to take away from his performance. You are. You're about to. I know you are. Uh, we also, by the way, he just in, helped make a point that I was making two to three weeks ago. Good for you. Uh, we also uh, need to get to, uh, speaking of regional and football, we'll also hand out our, hey, don't forget our bread and butter, that's right, it's our bread and butter <laughs> play of the week, Skyview High School football. If you know what that bread and butter play of the week is, when we uh, when we ask for the phone call, call in and you can win, not one, not two, but not three, but four loaves of bread. <laughs> to, You're to, like a, a late night infomercial guy. Not oh, one, not two. And Call there's now. more. I won't even give you three. And there's more. Call now and I'll throw in a fourth <laughs> loaf of bread. <laughs> I should do that. You know what? Listen Just for getting the cue to call. Right the first time, get a fourth grant. Listen for the cue to call. Burder, burder. And you can get not one, not hey, two, not three. don't forget bread, burder. But you. four loaves of bread. Call now. I hate you. Uh, by the way, we will have audio from Coach Anderson today. No players were involved in the press conference today. It was just okay. Coach Anderson solo. When was the last time that happened? I don't know if it's ever happened. At least in the three years I've been covering the Aggies, from my point, my standpoint, it's never happened. I don't recall during the Matt Wells year years that he ever held back players at a press conference. I can't even recall in Gary's first stint if he held back players. Here's the thing. Uh, like I, don't, I said, I think something is amiss. I don't, I don't know what it is. Can't pinpoint it. But there are clearly some things that aren't right. You and I had a conversation off air earlier. No, I won't say anything. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> I never mind. I I just don't want to get myself in trouble because there are certain people listening, and I don't want to. Well, that could get us in no way. Look, because right, you got to respect things you learn in confidence. But it's but at nobody some point, told me anything, so I can speak freely. Uh, but you can, I, I don't need anybody to tell me anything. So I'm seeing what everybody else is seeing. A coach on the sidelines who doesn't try to take timeouts to rally his team. A coach on the sidelines who doesn't pull out his quarterback who's clearly still having problems when there's plenty of time for somebody else to get in there and do something. Not letting players attend the press conference. Yeah, that was weird. I mean, that's now great. It's I mean, hard job. You can't read. That doesn't necessarily mean a lot, but something's going on. The thing, 
It's just because you know Bill Belichick once said that these press conferences that he does is more about for the fans than it is for the media because he's communicating to the fans through the media. And so I always had a different outtake with that too. That, you know, when these coaches speak, that's why I tweet out some of the highlights of the press conference because it's to the fans. You know, he's talking to the fans about his thoughts on, you know, the past week's game and his thoughts going on to the next game and and what he's seen so far and and maybe what to expect or how the kids are, just something like that. Um, Now, sure, there are a couple media items in that regard, but I feel like the press conferences were always meant for the fans. And when you take two players out of that, or at least the players out of it, I feel like it limits that ability to be able to hear or, I don't know, as a fan, get the coverage you want on the Aggies. Right. I mean, a head coach already tries to filter the information that gets released anyway. Um, but that just screams of uh, a, a bigger filter that's trying to be put in place about controlling the flow of information. Things are different this year. Um, and that's, that's all I'll say. Things are a little bit different. But, again, the Aggies, uh, nonetheless, uh, look, BYU is a non-conference loss. That does not affect their, their standing in the Mountain West Conference in any way, shape, or form. That's the good news. Yeah. Yep. That, that's great news. The bad news is you got Fresno, Wyoming, and Boise State. Fresno's a beatable game. Wyoming's pretty tough. Boise State's Boise State. That's all you need to know there. That's a gauntlet that you have to get through. And things need to be fixed. And so, and that's the other thing is, look, you had someone told me today, and I, I know a ton of people have been talking to you, Eric. You know, after they want to know your thoughts, they want to know what's going on, they want to know uh, what they, you know, if can the Aggies fix it? I had someone come to me today and say, um, "Well, look, they can, you know, they'll be pumped up for this game because it's Mount West Conference and it means something." And, you know, they they got beat really badly, so they're going to be geared up. They got beat badly by Air Force that, and then had a prep for BYU. two weeks ago. Yeah. And we and then they got beat badly again by 28. By a third-string quarterback. Wasn't even a starter. It was third-string. So that that whole thing is out the door. You need to start finding ways to go win these football games. And, and, the, and, and I don't know. I mean, getting... If it's a Mount West Conference game, there's obviously more importance to it. You'll hear Gary Anderson in a little bit just talk about just that. But there's some things that got to change, and uh, both offensively and defensively. Um, and they and they got to be fixed quickly because Fresno State, and especially Wyoming and Boise State, will eat you alive if you give those teams second chances and opportunities. AJ, we got some uh, high school football we want to get through. We're going to make sure we give credit to the teams that played well and the others that were able to participate in the second round of the playoffs. We'll update you on what those scores were, who advances, then who do they play, what does it look like, and uh, how you can follow along this week. So, uh, And we'll give away some bread. Hey, don't forget our bread and butter. So if you know what the bread and butter, the old grist mill bread and butter play of the game was for the Skyview Bobcats, and their game on Friday night, if you can correctly identify what the bread and butter play was. Hey, don't forget our bread and butter. Call 435-752-1069. And if you get it correct, not one, not two, not three, but call now and get four loaves of bread. 
from the old gristmill. The Aggies, Jazz, High Schools, even the Pee Wee's T-Ball team. It's the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, The Fan. I remember how it used to feel Riding down old two-mile hill Oh my gosh, what are we listening to? This is good stuff, man! Handlebars. 423 your time on November 4th. It's a Monday afternoon, whether you like it or not. That's it. Uh, this song is... is that? It's like a very popular classic country guy. Yep, I can't put yep, my name yep, on Yep, yep, come on now. On come on. I'm not... Oh, that's a great song. It's not going to come to... Randy Travis. Oh, Randy Travis. Look, Hart. No hands. I love it. Uh, well, needless to say... Not my cup of tea. Sorry. Aggies on Saturday said, look, Mom, no eyes, no <laughs> hands, no arms, no legs. Uh, our bread and butter play of the week has been uh, has been correctly identified. Brian Perkins called in and correctly identified the play. I love how on the email it says, so, at the first. <laughs> that's, that's so, <laughs> so Scott, you bread and butter play of the game. <laughs> uh, versus Cedar Valley. Back-to-back plays in the second quarter. Casey Carlson, who, by the way, has came alive. I mean, that kid at the quarterback has also made his running as an all-Region 11 MVP. Uh, we'll find out. On third and long, he had Brigham Lewis across the middle on a pass for 36 yards. And then on the that led to a TD. And then on the next play, Carlson threw it to Mason Falsliff. That was for 25. And he gave Skyview a 38 nothing lead with 318 left in the first half. Carlson... Tom Brady has 6 TDs, uh, I thought I said something else, 6 TDs and 1 rushing TD on the night. Don't give me that look. Don't. You stop it. I'm, not, I'm trying not to make you eye contact with you. <laughs> Skyview wins it over Cedar Valley 62 nothing. Green Canyon also advances to the second round 28-21. They get to play Pineview in the 4A quarterfinals on Friday. Uh, that'll be at Green Canyon. Game time has been scheduled for 5 Green, oh, sorry, the Green Canyon game? Yeah. That'll be at 3 o'clock on Friday. Okay. Skyview, they uh, they now advance to play Mountain View in the 4A quarterfinals. I'll be in Skyview. That game is now a 6 o'clock game Friday night. Yes. So 545 pregame here? Right, right? here. Yep. Okay. Uh, so before we get to the other games, Eric, a dominating performance by Skyview, Led by none other this Carlson kid who came in for quarterback after Mason Fultz have went out has been nothing but so productive for this team. It's been really impressive to watch this coaching staff develop and be productive and produce offensively without Mason Fultz of having to handle the ball every single second. It's been outstanding. Uh, great. Uh, I think it's what's going on at Skyview is pretty special. I mean, look what's gone on. They when they started they opened up region play against Green Canyon and they won that game it was a battle but Skyview won 32 to 24 since that time Skyview has only given up two touchdowns wow that was in mid September AJ <laughs> Logan scored 14 points everybody else has been completely shut out Skyview has shut out five of their last six opponents wow so it's not just great offense with what's going on with Carlson and uh, false of it wide receiver among others 
It's a really stout defense for the Bobcats that, frankly, not enough people have been talking about. Absolutely. Again, 62 nothing. Skyview over Cedar Valley. Green Canyon had a big lead and then had to hold on for dear life, including uh, Cedar Valley recovering, an, or excuse me, Cedar recovering an onside kick and then uh, had their rally uh, shot down by a Hail Mary pass that was picked off to end the game. But Green Canyon escapes and they move on to the second round. Yeah, Cedar City gave Green Canyon a lot. Uh, Cedar, or excuse me, Green Canyon, I think there was maybe some thought that they would roll over them, yeah. but it was a really tough game, a hard-fought uh, battle, and uh, now they face Pineview, a team that uh, started their season in Cache Valley. P- uh, Pineview began their year uh, going up, uh, traveling to Ridgeline, and to take on the Riverhawks. That game uh, was decided in extra time, and uh, Ridgeline won 58-56. to The following week, they lost to at Highland, but since that time, they have been on a bit of a tear. Uh, they've been winning every game. They beat Bear River 49-7 to on Friday in the playoffs. And uh, frankly, it wasn't really that close either. No, Bear River is dominated by Pineview. Final score 49-7. That ends their season. Uh, Dixie over Ridgeline 38-7. And the winner of that game was going to face Stansbury Mountaincrest. Now, Mountaincrest, this was a back-and-forth game. What a fun game this was for me to be able to call. Uh but Mountaincrest, I mean, really, it was a more well-played ball game than anything else. And uh, at one point, you know, Mountaincrest held a 14-0 lead, lost that 14-point lead in a heartbeat, and then it was just back and forth from there. Uh, Mountaincrest had a one field goal block, but then the other one they had made to give him a 24-21 lead. And then Stansbury got the ball back with about a minute three left and only one timeout. They drove... 81 yards in 41 seconds to win that ball game. I mean, it was just impressive. And uh, Crew uh, was just, their quarterback Crew was just, I mean, he was running for his life all night, but he continued to find receivers open all night. On that final drive, there was two pass interference calls, one on Mason Baldwin, the other on Taylor Bitten. That one was in the end zone on third and five. Uh, and so penalties just killed Mountain Crest, which was kind of a theme of it all year for them. Uh, they fall 28-24 to Stansbury nonetheless. So Dixie and Stansbury will meet up at Dixie. And then the final game, Logan sees their season come to an end as they fall to the number one ranked and uh, still undefeated Park City Miners. Yeah, I thought Logan actually played them quite tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Logan struggled to get into the end zone. They didn't, but but uh, they played tough. Uh, Park City, uh, a team that has made short work of a lot of other teams that they've faced, so give Logan credit for making it tough on the Miners all night long, but uh, ultimately Logan does lose that one, twenty to nothing. Um, Dixie, I want to go back to the Dixie Ridgeline game. Uh, I was listening to a good chunk of that game, and Ridgeline, uh, I thought played actually pretty well in that one. It was the second half that Dixie really pulled away, um, but uh, you know, give give the Riverhawks some credit. There was, uh, they started strong and then were shaky in the middle, and then at the end of the year tried to get some things turned around a little bit. Um, that, that was a young team. A lot of players, younger underclassmen playing a lot of different roles for the Riverhawks. So that's a team that could be really interesting next year as they've gotten a lot of experience and will be coming back. Don't want to forget about Idaho 2A football. Bear Lake shuts out first. 
Uh, they'll travel 14 nothing with the final score. They travel to Melba on Friday, November 8th in the two-way quarterfinals. That'll be at 7 o'clock on Friday. West side over Riri. 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 Rear end. <laughs> West side wins 22 nothing. Uh, both Bear Lake and West side have been playing some really good football. Interesting, both of them shut out their opponents. Uh, West side gets to host the next game. So Cole Valley will be coming to, uh, to Dayton. And uh, that game will be Friday at 5. R&R Donnelly, sorry, McCall Donnelly, 52 nothing over Malad. Uh, they win easily. Preston falls short in their matchup in the 4A football playoffs. Minico, 47-21. Yeah, that's too bad because that the Preston played Minico earlier in the year, and that was down to the wire. Minico won, I believe that went by two points, 27-25, to I think. And it was a really hard-fought, close game, but here in the playoffs, it was a different story. Minico had the... Had the advantage and took care of Preston. So that's your uh, that's your final scores again. Green Canyon and Skyview move on. Bear River, Ridgeline, Mountain Crest, and Logan all prepare for basketball season, which comes up. Believe this: in three weeks, we start basketball season in Region Eleven, and we're already going. Are you ready, Eric? No. Sure. <laughs> you're, you're you're not even yeah. You don't even want to deal with it. Uh, no, but look, this, there are still two teams involved in Region 11, and Westside is still involved in and, and Bear Lake, so we still have some teams in the area that are still active, mm-hmm. right? They still have some chances to do some things. Uh, I'm, I'm not surprised to see Green Canyon and Skyview still involved. I did think that there was another team that might get a road upset. I did, too. I thought it would be Mountain Crest. And they, they were, were a minute three away. They were the closest. Um, but... Skyview and Green Canyon are on opposite sides of the bracket from each other. Um, so it's conceivable they could face each other for the championship, but it'll be tough. Yeah, it will be. And it, but, I mean, the, the great thing about that is, I mean, look, the bigger ticket to a bigger game, right? That's what, you, that's what happens when you win in the playoffs, and that's the case here. And the competition's going to get a lot tougher, even in this quarterfinal matchup. The, the, the matchup's are really, really good. They are. You know, Mountain View has been a really good team most of the year. They're only losses. They lost to Park City. Uh, they got dominated by Park City, and they lost to Stansbury. They lost by three to Stansbury. And so Mountain View will be coming up to play Skyview. Who has the better view, the sky or the mountain? I, don't, I guess we'll find out. Oh, the mountain. Um, <laughs> you want to say the sky has the better, is better, because you want Skyview to beat Mountain View. Anyway, we digress. That was um, a horrible, horrible job on your part. <laughs> that was really weird. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but uh, the I think, but uh, I, I think I'd still give Skyview the advantage sure. in that matchup. Green Canyon uh, is going to have a real challenge trying to slow down an, a, a Pineview team that has a very high-powered offense that likes to move around, move the ball around a lot, can score a lot of points on you. So that game is going to be really on that Green Canyon defense. To, to hang with it. It will help that the game is here in Logan and that Pineview has to travel all the way up here. We hope it helps. Yeah. Come on, Green Canyon. Represent. You know what? And it's every, a long bus ride. It's and by help. the way, so I've been told and notified that um, there is no permanent or me, yeah, there is no permanent or announced location for the Florida State Championship game in case two teams from the same area meet up. So, for example, if it was Dixie and Pineview, they don't want them going to you know, Salt Lake to play a game. They would rather just have them play nearby, somewhere where it's close, where all the fans can see them in the community. 
Same thing for the Northern Utah area. If it is Green Canyon and Skyview, they want to keep them within range that the whole community can see them, which I absolutely love and I absolutely agree with. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. They have that, they're giving themselves that kind of flexibility. Yeah. And it's because it, it's, it's about the players and it's about the fans, right? So why make, ship the teams off to some location that very few people can attend? Why do you want to play a championship game that no one's going to be there for? Yeah. So, uh, way to go, UHSAA. Make it happen. You did something right. Congratulations. But if it's like a Cache Valley school versus a Utah County school or even a Southern Utah school, it would still be held probably centrally located in Salt Lake City. Correct? Sure. Yeah. Uh, all right, so we're going to take a break, come back. We're going to talk some Mountain West Conference football and some top 25 football. A lot of big-ranked teams, a lot of big-ranked matchups. Chips have been falling. Where do teams stand? The first release of the college football player rankings come out tomorrow around 5 o'clock. Eric and I are going to give our projections on where the top five teams sit and where a team from Salt Lake City, their chances will be able to creep in if they can take care of business from here on out. We'll also get into, again, Mount West Conference action. Uh, Boise State's tested by a very scrappy, good San Jose Spartan football team. That's right. You heard me say good San Jose State Spartan football team. We'll good get, offense. Absolutely. Their defense is suspect, but they do have a really good offense. Uh, well, also, and don't forget, and don't worry, whether whether you like it or not, we're going to talk Utah State Aggie football because that's what we're here for. That's our job. Either good or bad, we're going to talk about it, and we're going to be upfront and honest. Well, a lot of people want to hear what, are they, what does Gary Anderson have to say for himself and for his team and two really bad performances in back-to-back games. You can join in as well at 435-752-1069. Coming back, Full Court Press on 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The fan. The new home for the Full Court Press. Weekday afternoons from 4 to 6 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. I like this better than the last music you brought us out with. <laughs> Much better, Ajay. Thank you. I'll take the peppers over that. Randy Travis, he's a classic. Hey, don't forget the world-famous Harlem Gold Trotters are coming to Cash Valley on Friday night, November 8th. And congratulations to our honorary junior Harlem Gold Trotter winner, Carter Perry, Sierra Godfrey, Michaela Lumberg, and Emmett Hendrickson. That's right. Congratulations to you. The world-famous Harlem Gold Trotters are coming to Cash Valley this Friday, November 8th. They get to be... Honorary ball, is it, no, ball the, kids. Ball kids, where they get an autograph ball, right, and some gear. Yeah, and they get right down there, courtside. Okay, so you can get your tickets at TicketWeb.com. But I got to tell you a story about this. Okay. I was talking to a friend the other day, and she was like, "Oh yeah, that sounds fun. We should get some tickets to go see the Harlem Globetrotters. It's this close, and they're you know everybody knows about the Harlem Globetrotters." But she's like, "But I went online, and they're like eighty bucks a ticket." I'm like, "What?" That can't be right. Where are you looking? And so she pulls it up and shows me, and she went to some, she just Googled it and hit one of those ads. You uh, know, the, right, at the, right under the yep, Google search, it's yep. always a sponsored something. Yep. I said, first of all, big mistake, don't ever do that. Don't always click on the ad. You, who knows where they're going to send you? And I said, second thing is, go to TicketWeb.com. 
And so she pulls it up. Oh, gosh, they're way cheaper than that. That's a good infomercial right there. Go to TicketWeb.com. What are you doing? So, And then use the promo code SAVE5, and you'll save five bucks. So Again, TicketWeb.com this Friday we're night, saving November you 8th. Money, letting you know what's, what's fun. At Ridgeline High School, don't forget I, what a cool thing that is. So, again, a uh, special and a big congratulations to the Globetrotter uh, Junior or your honorary Junior Home Globetrotter winner. Say that ten times. Carter Perry, Sierra Godfrey, Michaela Lumberg, and Emma Hendrickson are the honorary ball kids. That's awesome. They get a they get a ball signed by the team. They get to be right there up close and personal with the players, and yeah, that's cool. That's it's really cool. Thing. So appreciate all the people who uh, registered through our website for that contest. It was a lot of fun doing it. Glad mm-hmm. we could to be participants in that, and uh, hope everybody goes out and has some fun. Yeah, go out there and uh, Eric. I'd like to see you get crossed over by one of those guys. I get, get cross-eyed just looking at some of those guys. <laughs> Where they move the ball so fast. Oh, man. All the crazy stuff they do, the stunts. Anyway. They have great ball movement. They're a little bit sloppy, though, sometimes with the passing. If they want to have any chance to be able to win their conference, they're going to have to be better with their <laughs> passing. <laughs> I think, so, I don't think it was the first, my first Harlem Globetrotters experience, but I think it was the second Harlem Globetrotter experience when I was a kid. We went to a game. And they played who the Washington Generals? Is that their name? And the Generals like were leading near the end of the game. Like, wait a minute, Dad, how is this possible? I was with my dad, and I, I thought this whole thing was scripted. And the the Globetrotters are always supposed to like kill these guys because they make them look silly. And uh, I think the Globetrotters actually pulled it out in the end <laughs> and won. But uh, we were. Both of us laughing about how it's not as scripted as you think. Sometimes, you know, those those guys get a little bit tired of getting made fun of every night, so maybe they play a little bit harder and make their shots. <laughs> but it's fun nonetheless. It's always entertaining. No, it is a blast. Hey, let's get into some NCAA college football. We'll save the Aggie stuff for the five o'clock hour and 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 kind of get a hold and get a grip on what exactly happened in that disastrous, disastrous game on Saturday night. 42-14 is your final score at Maverick Stadium. Aggies follow 4-4, four and four, uh, and we'll tell you why that is such a big problem on a bigger spectrum in, in to finish out the season. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that more here in the, in, in the 5 o'clock hour. By the way, again, uh, just one more time, it's a shortened show tonight because of Monday Night Football, Cowboys-Giants, uh, so we'll get out of here about 5.45. You'll hear a pregame, and then you'll get the call of the Cowboys-Giants Monday Night Football game. Pretty cool that we're doing that. Not a lot. I mean, there were a few upsets in top 25 college football. Not mm-hmm. not a lot that was surprising. I mean, it started early in the week with uh, Appalachian State losing to Georgia Southern. That's going to loom large for what comes out tomorrow. Uh, there was also another big upset that will loom large with what comes out tomorrow, and Memphis beating SMU 54-48. to So the question is, why I keep bringing that up, is who is that group of five representative? Uh, Cincinnati? They won their game in a close one, a nail-biter. They needed a late field goal to win that game against East Carolina, who was only 3-6. and six. Um, But uh, they won that one 46-43. So uh, Boise State won their game as well. But uh, looking at the, the, the rankings and the college football playoff uh, poll, which comes out this, uh, this week, it's important to see who that highest-ranked, Group of five representative is, and right now it's Cincinnati sitting in the driver's seat, ranked 17th. Um, 
right now in the AP and the coaches, but will they still be the highest in the college football playoff poll? That's the question everybody wants to know. Those announcements will come out, by the way, 7 p.m. Mountain Time on ESPN. Uh, you'll get the uh, you'll get all the releasings of where every team stands, but more importantly, where the top five stand. Uh, as you talked about, no really major upsets. I mean, a couple of ranked matchups uh, that were big. Of course, Florida, Georgia being one of those. Georgia beats Florida. The, the score wasn't really indicative of how actually in control Georgia was of this game. 24-17, your final. And it was part of our pick six. What was the running rushing totals? So what was the what was the line that we set it at? By the way, I lost like four to two on this thing, which sucks. Yeah, we did our pick six, and uh, AJ got two correct. I got four correct. Go Patriots! So go one of the pick six. one of the things you got was you set the line for Georgia Georgia versus Florida. Uh, Florida rushing yards at 130 and a half. They finished at 21, thanks to <laughs> minus 21 yards by one player. 21. It's incredible. <laughs> they lose 24-17. So Georgia with a big top 10 win. Oregon over USC 56-24. Utah scraps back and gets over Washington. That Chris Peterson scrappy Washington Husky team. 33-28. In Seattle, which In has Seattle, been a tough place for them to get wins. Which will get to major bonus points come tomorrow night. Again, as you already mentioned, Cincinnati 46-43 winners over East Carolina. And Oregon gets by by the skin of their teeth. Well, not really. That was the week prior. Um, but uh, so you, both Utah and Oregon were winners in the Pac-12. Still on their way in the path for a shoot, showdown for the Pac-12 title, which could come in handy if you want to be in that college football playoff. Yep. If things can shake out the way they do. The, one of the bigger upsets of the night, SMU ranked number 15th in the country. They fall 54-48 to Memphis, ranked number 24th in the country. So uh, those that a was it the AAC? Mm-hmm. Boy, they're loaded this year, Eric. But they got a lot of good teams. Cincinnati, SMU, Memphis. They got three teams in the top twenty-five right now. All right, Eric. So let's have some fun here. If but you... also, hey, want to mention that San Diego State is into the top twenty-five. They were in the AP a week ago. They moved up one, and they're now in the coaches' poll. So they're ranked twenty-fourth in both polls. Boise State twenty-first in both polls. And who is their one loss to? Yeah. Boy, that feels like years ago right now. Seems like that was a different team back then. <laughs> Again, 7 o'clock tomorrow night, you can find out the uh, college football playoff release uh, of, the, of the first of six rankings. Um, okay, so the AP and the coaches have a different order they do. for their top five. They are the same teams in the top five, but they have a different order. Give us our AP and what it looks like. Do you have it? AP has LSU, okay. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and Penn State. In that order? In that order. Okay, what is the coaches? Coaches has Alabama at number one, then LSU, Clemson at number three, Ohio State, and Penn State. Now, those... The only thing that's the same about both is that Penn State's number five. (laughs) By the way, Penn State, Minnesota, showdown at Minnesota this weekend. There's 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 some good games, including Alabama and LSU on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Alabama, LSU, Clemson, Ohio State, and Penn State are all undefeated. Why does that matter? Because Georgia, Oregon, Oklahoma, and Utah that follow behind them are all one-loss teams. So let's have some fun here, Eric. Let's go through. Let me give you a scenario, and I want to hear what you have to say. Alabama beats LSU by eight. Clemson, Ohio State win. Penn State loses. Georgia, Oregon, Oklahoma, and Utah all win. 
What does your top five, what does your top four look like? Again, Alabama beats LSU by eight, Clemson, Ohio State, and Penn State, or Clemson, Ohio State win, Penn State loses, Georgia, Oregon, Oklahoma, Utah all win. Well, my number one would be Alabama. Yes. Uh, followed by Ohio State. Okay. Clemson. Okay. Uh, then my number four would probably be Georgia. See, this is where it gets tricky for me. I like Alabama in there. Number one, of course. I think Ohio State would be number two. Clemson is not... I mean, they're undefeated, but they haven't really proven to me much. If Georgia can win this week... They've, they've played a really, really soft schedule. I like Georgia over Clemson. I, if Clemson is undefeated, they're still, they would still, in my mind, be ahead of Georgia. Underst- okay. Even though Georgia's played the tougher schedule? Yeah. I mean, they're the reigning champs. They're still undefeated. They're still playing in the ACC. I mean, granted, they played Wolford this past week. They almost lost to North Carolina. Yeah. Clemson right now is ranked third in the AP and, or, or excuse me, third in third the coaches, coaches Bowl, fourth, fourth in the, in AP, the AP I mean, Utah's knocking on the door. If they can win out including the Pac-12 championship, and Penn State were to lose, Georgia were to fall at some point. Now, and in regards, again, I said LSU loses by 8, and I said 8 because if it's 10 or fewer, LSU may still stay in the top 4. I agree. They've already knocked off three top 10 opponents. Which is a brutal schedule to ask of them. It is. It is the toughest schedule. So I, that's why I would agree with the AP. They should be number 1. Look who they have defeated but even if they lose to alabama by 10 or fewer okay nine or fewer in single digits and they lose or even if they lose in overtime do you knock them out of the top four if it's a close game um they're probably out of the top four but they'd be right there at number five see i think you bump clemson out if else you were to play the number i don't i'm I'm still not high on clemson i'm sorry me too i'm I'm sorry penn state does continues to do well because I don't I don't know why Clemson keeps getting so many first place okay. votes. If Penn State beats Minnesota the, this it, Saturday, the polls should be about who have you played this year, what have you done on the field this year, and I feel like some of these first place votes that still get going to Clemson are based on this is what they did a year ago. Yeah, because they haven't beat anybody. Their their schedule is super soft. They're uh, their best challenge, really their only challenge still on the schedule, is when they play Wake Forest in a few weeks. Yeah, I, I mean, they, I, they played one ranked it. team, which was Texas A&M in week two. They have not played or and defeated a ranked team since then. Again, number five, Penn State, 8-0 faces Minnesota at Minnesota, by the way. Ranked number 13th. That's, I mean, that's a big, big game for the Big Ten and a, and, a, and a needed win for the Big Ten as well from Penn State, if possible. Uh, again, LSU, I, I Alabama is a one thirty time. If Penn State wins and Clemson wins, I think that Penn State would go ahead of Clemson. I could see that. I mean, all things being equal, LSU and Alabama, there's going to be movement there. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, whoever wins that game should be number one. But if... Everybody else wins. I think Penn State should be ahead of Clemson. 
couple of quick news tidbits from college football. Willie Taggart, former former Florida State coach, has been let go. In fact, uh, here's a list of the coaches uh, who were fired within the four seasons of their hiring during or after a merely mediocre season. We'll say five or more wins, right? Lane Kiffin at USC, Randy Shannon at Miami, Mike Schiller at Alabama, Charlie Strong at Texas, Tyron Winningham at Notre Dame, and Ron Zook at Florida. He now joins that list. One of the big candidates for that job now, guess who? Lane Kiffin. You betcha. Give me some. I'd love to. Just come on. For kicks and giggles. <laughs> for entertainment purposes only. I just want to see it. I really want to see him be the head coach of Florida State just because it'd be fun. Which It's just a celebrity hire. That's all it is. I mean, Lane Kiffin hasn't exactly had a great track record. So it's just a, because he's great for social media, he's great for interviews. But as a head coach, he ne- doesn't necessarily have a great track record. No. <laughs> no, not So you're going to put yourself in this situation again in a few seasons. All right, we've got to take a break. Come back, we'll wrap it up and uh, get you ready for all Utah State football Aggie talk. Whether you like it or not, strap tight, buckle up. This is going to be a roller coaster to say the least. And what else happened in the Mountain West over the weekend? And what else happened in the Mountain West over the over the weekend? The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. If you're a guy turning eight. I hate this board. <laughs> What's going on over there, Isaac? Leave me alone, dude. It's been a rough weekend. you got 20 seconds. Okay, here's what happened in the Mountain West over the weekend. Uh, we've already talked about Utah State. We mentioned Boise State beat San Jose. Air Force beating Army 17-13. to Colorado State over UNLV 37-17. to Nevada beating New Mexico 21-10. to And Fresno State on the Islands in a close one, 41-38. to I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. Well, congratulations to the Miami Dolphins and their head coach, Brian Flores, getting their first win of the season. At least I think we're supposed to congratulate them. The win knocks them out of the top spot for the 2020 draft. That would belong to the Bengals if the season ended today. Miami finds itself tied with the Redskins, Jets, and Falcons with one win apiece. The Dolphins face the Bengals in Week 16 in that dramatic showdown that could be for the top pick. But Miami might be playing too well under veteran quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick. It's also not quite clear who would be the first pick overall. Not sure if tanking for two is still a thing since the Alabama quarterback Tua Tonga-Vailoa hurt his ankle. Maybe it's LSU quarterback Joe Burrow or Oregon's Justin Herbert. Or maybe it's not a quarterback at all. The draft's a long way away, so if I'm a Dolphins fan, it's too early to panic. Yeah, you beat the Jets, but Miami is still plenty bad enough to get a very high pick come next April. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.